0: This week's guest is a good one, folks. He's a Man United legend. He's also currently a pundit on MUTV. He is a good pal of mine. It is none other than David May. We speak about David's career, how he started off playing for Blackburn Rovers, his love for football from a young age, and of course, his brilliant career at Man United. The honours he's won, the unbelievable players he's played with. I think we dedicated maybe... Five or six minutes of the podcast just to talking about Paul Scholes and how good he was and how much of an inspiration he was for me and I'm sure many other people. This is a great podcast, lots of great stories about Cantona uh, and of course arguably the greatest manager of all time Sir Alex Ferguson uh, who managed uh, David from, from, from pretty much his whole career at Man United. Uh, It's a great podcast if you're a Man United fan and if you're a football fan in general too you'll really like this. We also speak about the current Man United squad and heading into the restart of the Premier League and uh, yeah, it's a chat between two mates as well which I hope you all enjoy. Um, I've known David since 2016 when we did a prank call on MUTV four years ago. Yes, a prank call. I was um, playing the part of Zlatan. We'll go into that in the podcast. It's, it's a good story. Enjoy it, folks. Have a good weekend. And welcome to the Impressionable Hour with Al Thorne, episode seven, David May. Maisie, welcome to the podcast, pal. Oh, are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. What are you doing? Are you eating the kids' kids' food there? Oh, well. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until rec- I start recording that.
1: <laughs> fucking recording, don't you worry, I know that. No, I'm all that. Nah, I'm all good, Pab. I'm all good.
0: Yeah, it's a strange time, I suppose, um, the last, what, three months now.
1: Yeah, 12 totally, weeks, yeah. It's been so strange, hasn't it? The whole country's come to a standstill and uh, people are dying. I think it's over 60,000 60, now, probably over here, yeah. which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, uh, terrible. It's sad times, mate, it is. It is, but, you know, I'm safe, my family's safe. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's that's, that's a positive, if anything.
0: Yeah, it's the same here as well. But also everyone's safe and all that, you know. Um, yeah. We have the little one here, obviously, that keeps us occupied, keeps me running around. Yeah. But maybe if I chase her a bit more, you know what I mean, I'll lose a bit of that timber. Make you happy. <laughs> well. You will. to start running a bit more then. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, this is the kind of banter me and Maisie have every, <laughs> every time. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> we, we first met... Um, it was September two thousand and sixteen. We met. We met at Old Trafford. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most obvious place to meet. We were doing the, um, the show yourself, and it was uh,
1: that show was um, it was Andy Goldstein, wasn't it? Andy Goldstein was
0: it? No, it was you and Helen Helen Evans that that hosted. It was a six pm show. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Thursday Focus. Thursday Focus on MUTV. I remember going in, I remember meeting you and I remember, I mean, the first, the first plan of action was to prank um, this poor chap from, from Middleton yeah. from the suit shop. And at that time, September 2016, so Mourinho had just joined United. And he and Zlatan had just joined. Zlatan Pogba. And I, I, I kind of started doing this Zlatan impersonation at that time. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, very good.
0: Uh sitting in the studio for four or five minutes, uh, I was talking as Latan to this poor fellow Layton, uh, yeah. promising him the sun and stars. he <laughs> got absolute, I'll tell you all
1: you know the the jail saying we need a bigger boat we needed a bigger boat man because we had him absolutely line and sinker brilliant. Oh, <laughs> when I went in to see him the next day after after the show, obviously, we rang him back to say, you know, it was Al Thor and then he was effing and jeffing. And <laughs> I went in the next day and he was absolutely buzzing because we mentioned his shop, menswear in, in Middleton. And even after that, he still had people going into the shop who watch MUTV and obviously <laughs> watch yourself and still mentioning it. So it was great publicity <laughs> for yourself and also for the shop. That is good, yeah. But he honest honestly, God, he got all he could think of was, Fuck me, this is this is a Bentley. I'm getting a Bentley out of this because all he could think of was massive <laughs> signs. coming into his shop at six o'clock <laughs> in the morning for a, for a
0: coffee and stuff like that. Brilliant. I remember at six o'clock, we'll have a cup of coffee. I've got I've, I've got contacts in JD as well, so I mean, it was all about it was Zlatan. Developing a clothing line with Leighton from yeah. Middleton. Yeah, he took it on the chin. He was great entertainment for us as well. Ah, it was good. Because some of calls can fall can fall flat in their arse, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing, the good thing is, I, I mean, his Latin's fantastic. It <laughs> is absolutely bang on. Yeah. And cheers, boy. And, and and for me to obviously on the back of you, just ring him up, mate got a call coming in. I think you're going to get a call of Zlatan. And he's like, oh, right, okay, okay. I said, listen, I'm not sure, but Karen, the press officer, as well, she might be a call with you. <laughs> right, yeah, no problem, no problem. Okay, no that way. We've got a live one. It was a beautiful friendship from,
0: from, from then on. <laughs> oh, I, I,
1: I, I mean, I've known Leighton for, God, Thirty years. I mean, his dad's had the shop probably thirty years. So I've been going in and out of the shop yeah. forever. So you know, it was it was it was taken. <laughs> it was taken really good. It was.
0: But um, just on, on on the subject yourself, as you grew up in Oldham. yeah, and um, you've just, you've had an obsession with football from a very young age. Played football from from the age of eight, I believe. Well, yeah, probably that's when I started getting into it. I mean,
1: yeah. I've always. I've got two brothers, both older than me.
2: Mm. So,
1: all we ever did, mate, was, you know, we didn't have Xboxes and all that stuff then. All right, We might have had an Atari, but, you know, we always wanted to be outside playing. Yeah. And, and playing with your mates and getting out at, what, at four o'clock when, you, when your school's finished and going in at ten o'clock, yeah. have your t- and nip back out. That's all we ever used to do.
2: Yeah, and we just
1: play football. Um, used to be a big, big um, yard where we used to be down the Cromer Mill. It used to be called. Yeah, and we used to go in there all the time and just play football, jump the fence and play football. Streetlights came
0: on. That was it. That's that's the beauty of the game, isn't it? Football. It's you know, yeah, meeting up with your mates, especially especially on a summer's day, like days like like today and and yesterday, especially. Yeah. You know, it's, it's still bright at 10 o'clock if you're, you're playing till all hours. You know, I, I remember especially, like, even on, on my road, I mean, it was small enough, but we'd, we'd play every night. Yeah. Play. My, my older brother, my 2 and yeah. um, my mate's dad would join in. It was just,
1: you know. Uh, do you know what, mate? That's, that was a norm, though. Yeah. You either have your bikes or you're playing football.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, don't, I, mean, I don't see enough of that, do you? Uh, no. No, you, you don't. You don't because football's changed, hasn't it? There's these academies and stuff like that, but... Yeah. No, we didn't have any... They were even thought of, probably. Yeah. So, just a case of, you know, you play with your mates, you know, day in, day out, and that's it. Weekends yeah. are coming, you, you, won't, you won't be seen. You go to your dinner and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. so, it was a good upbringing, mate. Parents were great. Well, my mum and dad followed all three of us. Mm. Two brothers were... A decent footballers. My dad was a decent footballer. At Charles of Sheffield United. But his dad, my granddad, used to work for and used to work at the bins. So he he didn't have the opportunity yeah. to take over to to Sheffield week in, week out. Yeah. So my dad went into the police and um but well, every, every game that I played, I bet my dad in my whole career, I bet he must have missed <laughs> four games, three games. Wow. Well. Wow. Yeah. So and my mum as well. My mum would always come.
0: So yeah. So yeah, the um the, the backed is up and there was there was always others, yeah. That kind of that kind of support as well is just it's essential and it's beautiful as well, you know. Yeah. Me, I mean my me dad was one of my biggest critics.
1: Even if I played well, it you know, he'd ask me certain things through the game. Mm. But not during the game. You know, he you see too many, too many parents now on the sidelines, chirping up and yeah, um, having to go. The kids get forward, do this, do that. I My mean, dad just let me enjoy it, just play yeah. football, play football. And I think now, because there's so much, so much money in the game, mm. that sometimes you lose sight of it. Yeah, or parents lose sight of it, and that's all they want. Little Johnny, a little Al little maze has got, got to be a footballer. Yeah. And you, and you lose the passion, you, you, know, you can be forced into it and you might not want to do. Yeah. You might not want to play, but yeah. there's such luxuries in it. Um, it's a great career, of course it is, but sometimes parents just need to st- take a step back, I think.
0: Take a step back and kind of stop thinking of the, you know, the, the, the projected cycle, I suppose, of, of a young player. If he enjoys it, he enjoys it. That's the main thing.
1: Absolutely. I say that to anyone. First and foremost, you've got to enjoy it. Play with a smile on your face. Yeah. Somebody go, yeah. Just laugh at home. Um, but you know, it's it's just the way the way things are at
0: the moment. Yeah, it goes back to that to that point where you know you, there's there's not many young young kids playing football out in public. No. Exactly. Exactly, mate. You know.
1: Yeah, we only trained. Well, we trained say Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday, play Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Well, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday or whatever it was, you'd be playing. You'd be out in the streets. Yeah. Playing. So 24-7, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: cool.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: But obviously, like, you know, it's, there was, there was, there was a lot of talent there and you were, you were playing for a long time when you came through Blackburn's youth system. Yeah. And you made your day, de- made your debut on April Fool's in 1988, April
1: yeah. 1st. <laughs> April Fool's Day, yeah. Yeah, well, I signed, I signed for Black Women when I was 14. Yeah. Uh, Schoolboy, uh, 16. Pronius, 18. And then made my debut six, five, six months later. Winding mm. uh, away, yeah, April Fool's Day. <laughs> yeah. The centre-halves were injured, and uh, myself and Keith Hill. Um, Keith was a year older than me. We was in digs together. Yeah. Um, played in the Rez's week in, week out. So, we had a great understanding. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was my debut. Uh, Swindon away.
0: Swindon away. April, I mean, you are a I, joker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Um, I know, I always remember going to the ground. And our girl used to be, he um, was a and Mm. great lad great lad and actually when I was a kid I was always called Mayday at school (laughs) always people still call me Mayday now yeah um, from school and then when I was an apprentice Howard Howard started calling me Maisie, and that's how it stuck yeah so it was quite strange really and uh, we were going to the game and obviously you know you're you excited. The manager's pulled me to one side. to listen, you're yeah. going to play today. So mm-hmm. I phoned my dad. This must have been at half past 12. Okay. We're, we're in Manchester. My dad's at work.
0: Yeah. It's a three o'clock oh. kickoff. by the way, is it?
1: Yeah. 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 And he arrives at Gwinden quarter to three. So God knows how, how, how fast he must have been flying down the motorway. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but he was there for my debut. Um, and we drew the game 1-1. Our gale scored. But I, I remember going to the game, driving to the game. Yeah. On the bus. And um it's one of those I, I use it now. I still use it now. Can't be far now. And the floodlight, floodlights are like half a mile away, you can see the floodlights.
2: Yeah.
1: And me naive. Jump straight in. Yeah, ground's air, mate. And the, the old bus just pissed themselves laughing. <laughs> I'm thinking you, that bastards. <laughs> oh, um, so I still use that now. Can't be fine, i can it, lads. And I just, I just laugh, but it always brings me back to my debut, and um, it was good. I enjoyed it. One one, yeah. and then we had a, and we had a night out then in uh, in Shindon.
0: That and, and that's that was the good. That was, I mean, the the tradition back then as well. You know, a game at three o'clock, and then and then a night out with the lads.
1: Yeah, well. well, the thing is I'll with that, we had um, so we had Swindon on the Tuesday, on the Saturday.
2: Yeah.
1: And we had Watford on the Tuesday. Okay. Both away. So Don Mackay, the manager at the time, said, look, lads, rather than come all the way back to go all the way back mm. and Um what we'll do, we'll have a night out in or you can you know, you st- we'll stay over in Swindon. Mm. Um you can have a night out in Swindon, have Sunday off, and then Monday we'll train. Go to Watford on the Tuesday yes. from the hotel, and then um, you know head up back on. So yeah. right, so take some gear. I was only eighteen. We do the game one-one, and then Howard Gale says, Maisie, right, come on, we're off out. You've made your debut. Mm. Um, now you're making your debut out with the lads." Right, okay <laughs> so I could at things, I was like you know what the fuck do I drink here and um we get to the bar we have our evening meal after, after the game get bar something to eat and then when you meet in the bar say 7 o'clock so I'm stood there and the lads are all at the bar with like pints of cider guineas bitter lager
2: mm.
1: I don't think I, I'm not sure I can fucking drink one of them so I looked at the optics and I went I'll have a, a, a Southern Comfort and lemonade. <laughs> I can proper girly drink. And to this day, I can't even, I can't stand it. I can't stand the smell of it. <laughs> and the reason why, because it was like double after double after double.
2: Yeah.
1: And we end up in the middle of this, we end up in in, in Swindon, in a nightclub called, uh, I think it was called Rumours. Hmm. By this time, I'm up, I've, I've gone on. Gone, stayed. yeah, yeah. So we got to this bar, it's like a, a round bar. i stood at the bar, and I ordered myself one of the lads. Major, what do I drink? Mm. I can't have another one. I just, just saw this like um, pump pills, pills lager. Like I don't know if that pills up. It's
2: it's like it's, it's as thick as Guinness, but. But fucking horrible.
1: Anyway, I ended up having this pint lag and i stood at the bar and I'm just thinking, wow, just made me debut. I'm out with the lads. Yeah. This place is rocking, having a great time. Oh,
0: just, life is amazing. Life is just.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm a professional footballer, just made me debut. And you ask any footballer, the best day is making your debut. So, anyway, so I'm stood at this bar and, and the lads disappear. Mm. My lads, I've got no money. Don't know where I'm staying. I don't know anything. And I can't see the lads.
0: Oh, no. No mobile no, phone back there in 1988?
1: No, nothing. And I'm thinking, what the fuck do I do, Anyway, the lads appear. Oh, fucking hell, lads. Where have you been? And I'm stood there with my pie again with the lads. But this happened like two or three times. The lads disappear. Yeah. Until I realise I'm standing on a fucking revolving bar. And this far So the lads don't actually move, I'm on this revolving bar going round and round. And I'm just, cause I'm not pissed, I'll, I can't. And the lads just, you know, you next minute they've gone. And I'm like, and, and I'm, I'm there with this prank, where the fucking are the lads? And in two or three minutes the lads appear as this revolving bar goes round. <laughs> anyway, I end up, I end up throwing up and being sick. Howard Gale put me in a taxi. Uh, paid the taxi fare, paid for cleaning because obviously I was, I was ill. Yeah. I remember, can't remember this, but speaking on the Monday because it's Sunday, I never even left my bed. Mm. Um, two lads came in. I like called Tony Diamond. who was um, Northern Ireland international, and I called Sean Curry. who was signed from Liverpool. Yeah. Well, there, boom. So the cleaners come in. She's cleaned up all around me made sure, you know, there's a glass of water at the side of the bed. So oh, I'll come okay. back later on just to check. Because I was obviously I'm sick everywhere. Yeah. So she she cleaned up. Um, so I'll come back later on. Anyway, TD and Sean come come back in the room, seven o'clock, give me the spliff. <laughs> so they're smoking this spliff in my room and I'll honestly got it absolutely stunk. So there's me throwing up again then. Oh, oh that's, uh, yeah. We, 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 drink I, drink, and not together. Oh, Mingy. The worst. So, that, so, so basically, we get up for Monday for training, mm-hmm. and I've not been seen on the Sunday. I've had nothing to eat.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and Don, Don McKay, the manager, pulls me on the Monday uh, as we're going out to actually get on the bus to go training. And he just said, uh, David, you did, you did brilliant over the weekend. You know, really, really pleased. Uh, your parents will be really pleased, but yeah. um, the fact that you didn't get up yesterday and the fact we've got a game tomorrow, uh, I'm not going to play you because <laughs> you're still pissed. <laughs> Sorry to tell me, Dad. And obviously being a copper and all that, like, he wasn't an happy bunny. <laughs> he wasn't a happy man. <laughs> he wasn't a happy bunny. No. So, um, so that that was my debut, mate.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I mean, fast forward a couple of years later, you're you're a prominent figure. Yeah. The team. Um, they promoted it. They promoted in 1992 Blackburn into the Premier mm-hmm. League. Um, you're, yes, you're. You know, you're, you're playing. I, I you're playing alongside. I think uh, did Alan Shearer join? Al joined beginning of the Premier League. Ninety two. Ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah. And Chris oh. as well. With that.
1: No, record. no. Chris Fettin joined 95 when I left.
0: Oh, okay, okay. My,
1: yeah, um, you want to get your stats right there. I know you keep going. <laughs> <glancing> down,
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, you are going
1: to do it properly. So, yeah, no, oh, absolutely. Fancy. He's like that, Chris Sutton, Shire,
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, you're 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 enjoying your football. You're playing play football. And ninety ninety three, ninety four, Blackburn finished runners up. Manchester United and won their second Premier League in a row, um, and obviously there was a bit of a contract dispute between yourself and Blackburn in the 90, it, it, during the summer of nineteen ninety four, wasn't there? That kind of.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, so we got promoted. Um, I was I had two great years, Blackburn. Yeah. Um, playing alongside Kevin Moran, and I probably I, I probably learned. More in those two years uh, than I ever um, learned because every yeah. different class. It taught you through every game.
0: It's funny about Kevin Moran as well. Like he won the All Ireland football title with Dublin. Yeah. And then after after that, I think it was eighty was eighty four. He won the All Ireland with Dublin, and then he made the move to Manchester United.
1: Yeah. Incredible.
0: Yeah. But,
1: belting lad. Um, I have a lot of time for Kev, um, but yeah, he, he taught me so much. And then, as you say, you know, my contract was coming up to the end, and um, I think because because I come through the youth team as, as a school boy as you know, apprentice, and then
2: yeah, know,
1: years as a pro. Robert Corl, the chairman at the time, must have thought oh, we'll we'll sort Maisy out at the end of the end of the mm-hmm. season. Which is totally wrong. You shouldn't, you know, you Should never let a player run down his contract if you wanted to keep him. So Paul Stretford was my agent, and then we had we had Norwich away, Decemberish, and uh, Mike Robbins who used to play for United. He just said United are here watching you. Oh <laughs> yeah, good. One. This is in the bar after. If he would have told me that just before kick off, I'd have I'd have probably shot myself. Yeah. It's told me in the bar, you know, we met for the pint. He just said, "United are here watching you." Mm.
2: Um,
1: Les Kershaw's, Les Kershaw's over there. Who's chief scout? He'll so introduce you to him. Um, Les came over. We had a quick chat. So, what's happening to your contract? Said nothing. Not been offered anything. He mm. says, "Joining Man United." Wow. Yeah, and I went.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's it. Obviously, I had six months left in my contract. Um, he just said, um, "You know, we'll we'll do um, a press release around Aprilish, something like that." Yeah, Gaffer rang us up, just said, "Sit tight, just keep doing what you're doing, playing well, and um, you know we'll sort something out." And that was it. That, that was basically it, mate. Um, I was I was signed, sealed, delivered, but I still had a duty to. To, to Blackburn which I did hmm. if um, it'd have been strange if Blackburn had, had turned around a month later and offered me something I'd have just turned it down yeah um, you know Shearer I think Shearer at the time was on, was on nine grand a week just coming to the Premier League nine grand a week a lot of money back then oh a lot of money now Tim Flowers might have been on six, seven Bats David Batty was on similar Tim Sherwood's similar. And I was, on, I was on 500 quid a week. Yeah, so, I mean... And I weren't even asking for that, Al. I weren't regular. even asking that. You're starting. You're starting every yeah. game, you know. We was on 750 quid a win bonus. And I earned more in bonuses than I did in wages. Yeah, due to clean sheets and... Yeah, yeah. yeah well. so, so, it was just one of them. And then um, we played. We played, uh, went up to Jersey didn't see Jack and then obviously the press come out um, United set to sign David May and um, I always remember being in a nightclub with Ray mm. I
2: think
1: it was called Apple Jacks Jack's uh, Jack's nightclub on, in Jersey and he just said what's happening to your contract Mays I said well the club's not offered to be anything right so you know where's the love there where's the you know and he just went well, what are you asking for? I said, I've no idea. I've no idea. She says, well, I could probably get you, I could, you know, what well, about two, two and a half grand, I went. I said, well, listen, i played probably as many games as Shearer. Yeah. Acts, doing flowers, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, that, you know, I don't want Shearer once, but I want, you know, a decent wage. A respectable wage, yeah. 20, 24, coming up to 25. Mm. Um, and he went, right, okay. I said, but do you know what, Ray? I've made my mind up. I said I'm going to United. But I made my mind up six months ago, so it's probably irrelevant what Blackburn had offered me now.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I want to play for United. Anyway, fair play to you. Good luck with you. And that was it. Yeah. Was it. So in a sense, it was it was it was an amicable. It was amicable on my side, but then that twat over chair and Robert cord turns around and says, um, I was being greedy, uh, <laughs> and I, exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: And then I, I said to Strat when he came out and said, all oh, this David May's being greedy and blah, blah, blah. I wanted to I wanted to react and he said, Do you know what? Just let it go. Because I wasn't even being greedy. We didn't even speak about money. Yeah. And he was just covering his back because Jack went absolutely ballistic. That so yeah. I'd come through the youth and how on earth could you let, um, one of our players' contracts went out when he was a vital part of the team. So, but I, I had the last love.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, one, one point am I right in saying he signed you for a £2.2 wow. wow. pounds? Well, well done, well done. You got that one right. <laughs> in nineteen ninety-four, yeah. yeah. you, you were kind of brought in because Steve Bruce and Gary Gary Pallister, who had been the two kind of mainstay centre halves at the, at the back were kind of approaching the twilight years of their of their career. Oh, Brucey Bruce yeah. also. Uh, Pally was around 30 at the time. Yeah. Brucey yeah. was 34, 35, I believe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So
0: you so, well, so of- that
1: that was that was the um, that was the way that the manager saw me coming in to replace Brucey and and I must say, when I when I walked through the front door at, at the cliff on July the first. Mm. I actually sat next to Brucey and Polly. I was sat in between them. And I can honestly say the pair of them were absolutely different class. Yeah. Different class. You know, they just won the double. I've come in to really replace Brucey. And yeah. Brucey like, mm-hmm. Maisie, welcome aboard. Welcome to the, the biggest and best club in the world. Mm-hmm. So Polly was exactly the same. Welcome big man. All the best. Uh, and no muster, None at yeah. all. They was they was absolutely as good as gold. Yeah, but walking in that dressing room on that day, oh, yeah, On the Dublin, you know, Sheer was our superstar at our club. Yeah, but walking through that dressing room or walking into that dressing room, wow,
0: you could just tell there was an aura. There was an aura of ah, oh. confidence, and there were winners, and everything, were everything was perfect.
1: Yeah, there were. They were powerful, yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, can I actually handle it in here? I was confident, but yeah, you know, when you when you go in there and you you walk in, you look around, you like Sparky's, Cantinaza, Giggs, mm-hmm. there, Schmeichel, Ince, um Hughes, Keane, Palace, De you yeah, and you're like, Parker, and you're thinking, Jesus, yeah. It was, a lot, for that first week, it was, it was absolutely daunting. I thought, oh my yeah. God, unbelievable.
0: <laughs> I always think about that team. Obviously, I was, I was young. I, was, I suppose I was three years old at the time. But my older brother, who's about maybe 10 years older than me, he talks about that kind of the 92, 93, 93, 94 teams and how, like, I mean, how good they were. I think, I think people kind of forget a, good, a, a lot of the young fans now will kind of remember the the, the 07, 08 team and the, tre- the, treble, the treble team yeah. as well. But like that, 90, that 93, 94 team that you had just kind of July 1st, all of those players there. Yeah. They were one hell of a team. Yeah. You know, it was...
2: Right, you know. Sharp, frightening. Sharp, yeah.
1: I think everyone Bob Bruce, was a... And international, wow, and I, I know on earth, Breezy never became or never got a cap for England. I'll never know. Um, yeah, that's that's but, but yeah, isn't wow. it? Fucking powerful! Yeah, the first game was a Charrick Shield against Blackburn, mm. <laughs> United done the double. So normally it's the league winners versus the FA Cup winners, yeah. But obviously, United have done the double first versus second, mm. but. It was strange, it was.
0: I'd say it was the first game against your own club. Especially especially the comments from, from the owner as well. Yeah. Um Incy scored an overhead kick, I
1: think, and uh Eric scored a penalty. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice. Every time I touched the ball, Blackburn fans were booing.
2: Fucked them.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And do you know what? <laughs> The Blackburn fans were brilliant with us. So much as they hated me then, and Black, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I had a great rapport with
0: the Blackburn fans. Really, did. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. And that, like, I mean, talk me through that first season as well, um, because I know, I know in particular that that game in January '95 is is one that you, you speak about all the time. Whether it, you know it's, it's at Q and As, at at speaker dinners, you know, you scored. Yeah that infamous game at Selhurst Park. Yeah. Uh, well, well, obviously Blackburn went on
1: to win the league that year, but we had, uh, we were neck and neck with Blackburn. Yeah. And um, playing at Selhurst Park was always horrible, whether it was against Wimbledon or, or Crystal Palace. We used to mm-hmm. share the same, same pitch. Yeah. It was horrible. In this particular evening, it was blustery and it was raining, then it was windy and just pitch with bobbly. Just an horrible game. Yeah. It's one of those, do your job and get out and get home. But um, a certain little, of not little, a certain Frenchman wanted to do something special that night, and uh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> after me, after me scoring. So uh, yeah, that was my first. That was my first league goal for United. Um, to go one lot. But uh, Eric might have got sent off, and then we scored. Mm. But. Um, but yeah, it was uh it was such a such a strange thing to see one of your teammates. He'd been provoked all, all the game, he'd been kicked handle yeah. by um I think it was Richard Shaw and uh Southgate. Mm. And, uh he, obviously Eric just just flipped and ended up booting up booting Richard Shaw up the ass and um kind think who the referee was. Um straight red and that yeah. was it that's yeah. all you got. Oh, that's it he's gone and you know he'll get three match ban or whatever it was and he'll be back but then the West uh, Crystal Palace fan then Matthew Simmons mm. charging down the uh, down the stands and started calling him you know fuck off back to France French, you French motherfucker and everything like that
2: mm.
1: so Eric and fair play to
0: him Turn round and back to that's the thing with Eric. I mean, Eric is a very a passionate individual. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you give him shit, you know, he'll 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 give it back to you tenfold. You know what I mean? Oh. Don't fuck with Eric. Was kind no. of, the case. and I think that was that was how obviously the gaffer was such a genius because he he dealt and he's, he he did it as his his whole career. Uh, he dealt with players differently. Yeah. Uh, and as you, you've seen, it, he, he dealt with Eric very differently to a lot of other players. And it was so beneficial to not only Eric, but the team as a whole. And yeah. a team, Like there's, you know, a particular example is the dressing room incident at the end of that game. Well,
1: yeah. Because obviously, you know, you, you see when his teammates flying through the through the air and two-footing the lad in the crowd and then um, punching hell out of him. But you've got you still got your job to do and you still think, right, all right, yeah, he's done that and, you know, it's you you got to forget about it. It's so all we're thinking is like, just see the game out. You know, down to 10 men we won the lot, see the game out. Anyway, we, it was a free kick or a, or a corner or whatever it was and mm. um, Southgate scores and um, you know, we drew the game 1-1 and it's one of those then, right? Let's get in the dressing room.
2: Yeah.
1: Let's see what happens because every, everybody got bollocked off the gaffer. Everyone had the air dryer and
2: yeah.
1: it was just a case of, right, okay. So you, you 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 go in, you sit down, you don't say anything and obviously everyone's pissed off and Eric's sat in the corner with his, his blazer on. He's had, been in out had a shower and he's just sat there and then the gaffer comes in door near enough, ripped off the hinges and then he just starts on Schmeichel, Mm -hmm. fucking six foot four, call yourself fucking best keeper in the world, you've not come for a cross, you've not made a fucking save, your distribution's fucking crap, your decision making's part crap. Pallister, six foot four, you've not won a fucking header. you've been bullied all the way around the ground. Insight, call yourself the governor, big tough fucking midfielder, you're a pussy. Sharpie, my grandma's quicker than you. Then he says to me, and you, where the fuck was you on Southgate's court? So I was marking Richard Shaw. Well, he's marking fucking Southgate. Eric. Fucking Eric. (laughs) So you're thinking, right, fuck you. And he turns to Eric and he just looks at Eric and goes, Eric, can't be doing things like that, son. (laughs) And turns around and proceeds to give his own. Fucking, then turns to Coley. Coley, you fucking can't drive a bag of cement. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> you know, got how goal. What's a kill? Cool, fucking Eric's two footed the lad in the crowd there. And he's having a go everybody fired, Eric. But <laughs> well, but as you say, I'll, that's the way he looked after Eric. Um and then yeah, this, all right, we lose you know we, we lost the season to or we lost the, the league to Blackburn that year. And
2: mm.
1: had Eric not two footed the lad in the crowd, we'd have still won the league and probably yeah. wouldn't pick up. Uh, because he was that he was that good, yeah. Uh, he was that influential. Aye, that different mm. class, different class. Yeah. So he's done it. So he served his, his eight nine month ban, and his first game back's against Liverpool. Mm. Um, and all, I remember, I remember it well. All the French flags, all thinny yeah. and everything like that. It was it was it was surreal. Yeah. And um, he, he,
0: I remember him walking out with the collar up, and I remember, yeah. Of the crowd, like, yeah, goosebumps, you know. Oh, yeah. And
1: he, he set Butchie up for for the first goal, and then um, I think they got, I think they scored two, and then he scored the equaliser, a penalty, and yeah. he runs the um, the stand and uh, goes to jump in it, and mm. you know spins around on the back on the pole on the back of the net. <laughs> but um, it's funny because when when I've spoke to him, we had we had a pod podcast with him. Yeah. And um, I said, did you did you feel that you, you owed the club or owed the players? Mm. And he went, yes, you know, I, I did what I did. Mm. I said, would you do it again? He went, yes, I would do it. <laughs> so, so then, so, you know, we've been in the league, Eric scores, God knows what he scored the last 15 or 16 games, didn't we? I think we might have won sixteen out of the last seventeen. Yeah, and we won. one. And Eric must have scored eleven of those goals.
0: I'm rattled, Kevin Keegan. That I mean, yeah. I've never seen a man take the bait Oh, brilliant! Almost that that year with with, with, um, with Sir Alex. Yeah, I mean yeah. That, that. I would that infamous. I would love it if we beat if we beat them. Like, oh, you know, it's I'm I'm young enough. I don't really remember Kevin Keegan as a player, but I have heard that he was. One of the most, one of the best players the country ever produced.
2: Yeah,
0: but I, my memory of Kevin Keegan is that. Yeah, they they've got to go to Middlesbrough, and I would love it. I would love
1: it. And you can send him a, you can send him a video of this. Yeah, because, you know, you're talking about Stuart Pace and people like that. I've kept my mouth quiet, <laughs> and this, and you like, you know, he's proper yeah. going for it here. Um, and then obviously we, we go up to Middlesbrough we, we win that game 3-0 and you scored in that game as well you scored the first I did, I did uh, yeah Giggsy corner mm. it was uh, Steve I think it was Steve White who was marking us I got barely that's what that, that's what managed me to you know to get over the top of him I, I jumped early and saw yeah. that rolling on his body and managed to get a header went past Walshi and, and Branco on the goal line that mm. Sixty-six to one. of was I think, to score the goal. Yeah. Really? For the first, yeah. My dad had a fiver. A few mates had tenors on us.
2: Ah, oh, class.
1: Yeah. So, um, so we win the game three 0 I'm absolutely buzzing. Yeah. yeah, it's.
0: I mean, that's incredible. That's a, an unbelievable moment scoring the game that ultimately ultimately clinches the league for United. Yeah,
1: you can never say but. It was never in doubt. It was always going to go up there and, and beat mm. Middlesbrough. Yeah. But still got to do it. You, you know, going up there, it, it could have gone either way. Mm. But uh, Spurs went 1 a lot. I think Jason Dazel scored. Um, and you start hearing things in the crowd and we're 1 the lot up there, 1 0 the down.
2: Yeah.
1: But to be fair, you just got to do your job. And when, when Giggsy scored the third one, lovely goal. Then you're just thinking, right, now you can relax and you can enjoy it. And but yeah, then we had Liverpool the following week, uh FA Cup final. Boys yeah. wanted to play in a cup final. Um mate, I play <laughs> because Brucey, and I only found out this the other day doing doing a Sharpie podcast. Mm. Um Sharpie wasn't sub that game. He let he made Brucey uh, one of the subs. I think there was only three subs at the time. Yeah and um, the gaffer made Brucey sub so, yeah Brucey had, had a he snapped hamstring but he wanted Brucey to lift the trophy oh it, you know, so you know if one of us had got injured Brucey wouldn't have been able to go on yeah oh. um, so the following week we've got Liverpool in the cup final and um, you know Brucey still hadn't recovered from his injury mm. uh, this is what I said to you earlier on about Brucey Lucy came up to us before the cup final, before it had even been, you know, the team had been announced. He says, um, "I hope you're playing tomorrow because you deserve it. You've been absolutely fantastic. Um, just go out there and enjoy it." Yeah. And I, I thought it was so nice of him to say that.
2: Yeah.
1: Obviously, because Lucy sent her out. It
0: goes back to what to what your dad always said to you: "Go out there and enjoy it." Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Lucy was exactly the same. Mm. Unbelievable, that's you know. Um,
1: and I loved it. I loved that bit of... And I, whenever I look back, I always mm. look at, you know, the likes of Wes and Shazie coming through. Mm. I was coming to the twilight of my career. I wanted to be like Brucey and help the lads through. Yeah, Shazie says it all the time. You know, Maisie taught me through games half the time in the reses. Um, you know, I learned so much of him and I planned it's only because what Kevin Moran did to me when I was a kid. And also what Bruce was like. And that's the way I wanted to watch to bow out. But Liverpool the week the week after, we beat Liverpool in the final. Can't remember can't forget those those um those suits they were wearing. They we're already out on the pitch and they they turn up in these cream suits and all you think is we can't get beat to We can let them beat us. And obviously Eric scored the winner. Um
0: it was and, uh, the, the music video, the Billy Ocean music video on the go and the going gets tough with yeah. Michael Douglas and Billy Ocean. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> and the going get, did get tough for them that day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh god. So we had um so so we enjoy enjoy that. Yeah. The tour around Manchester. And then we have we have um I think we had a meal at for the town hall. Hmm. This is good, back to where Eric not, never got a bollocking. So we turn up at Town Hall, black tie dinner. Mm. You're there with your wives and girlfriends.
0: I think I've heard this because I think I remember, remember Giggsie telling a story like this at a, at a dinner. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I, 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 know, I, I think I know where it's going. <laughs> and
1: uh, Sharpie turns up with like, a, it was like a Vivian Westwood shirt and tie. Still look a bollocks, still look really smart. Yeah he's oh, black tie and with a gaffer, black tie, white shirt. That's it, yeah. So pull Sharpie to one side and he bollocks him, finds him a week's wage. <laughs> and then Eric walks in, looking red Nike cap, baseball cap, uh, Nike trainers, shirt and collar, and no tie, nothing. So Sharpie turns to the gaffer, and goes, gaffer, Eric. And he looks at Eric and he just started, ah, he looks for bollocks, doesn't he? And turn, turns around and carries on talking. So Eric Eric was, was obviously very, very special and he you know just got away with got away with so many things, but he was one of a kind really, wasn't he? He was, he was. He was. He was um he
0: was brilliant. He was, I mean we'll never I mean we've had we've had players, I suppose, similar in style to Eric at United's in Berbatov. Yeah, Latan. But I just don't. I mean, I loved Berbatov. I thought he was very underrated for United, and his, yeah, that time was so impactful in his first season. But I just don't think. I don't think any player will have that aura that Cantona had. I mean, rival teams loved him. Rival fans loved him. You yeah, know, I've mates who are Liverpool fans who just you just have to admit it. You go, like I couldn't help, but I I love the guy as a player. Like brilliant, yeah. you know.
1: He was one of the, do you know what, once you get to know him, mm. he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. He kept him quiet in the dressing room, but he'd be first out onto the training ground, he'd be the last one in, always practising, always doing certain things, but yet, when there were team meetings, you know, uh, Bruce would go see the gaffer, and say, so I think the lads need, need a night out, and mm-hmm. this start a couple of times a year, two, three times a year. Yeah. So you'd have a team meeting get all together have a good drink um for that team bonding and Eric was uh Eric big like first one off the training ground that day mm. getting ready come on lads brilliant. let's get it down he was brilliant <laughs> and he loved it he, he loved he loved our our mentality the way we were and he, he wanted to fit in with our culture
0: yeah and I think as well like look obviously the following season was his his final season and I've, I remember you you telling me that that was personally one of your that was your favourite season at United that year seven. Yeah. 1997
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: um, you know, playing week in week out yeah, uh, really enjoying it. we won the league um, the only disappointing thing we got beat by Dortmund in the semi-finals of the European Cup when yeah. we absolutely batted them How on earth we didn't win sadly that was Eric's last you know, last season with us. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was, a, that was a good season. It was. And then, um, we was away on pre-season and I ruptured, came back, we'd, we'd, we'd done China, Japan, Malaysia for like 15 days, 16 days.
2: Yeah.
1: And we came back, we had a day at home and then we flew out to Milan, into Milan, in a friendly And that was when Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, Mm. had just signed for him. And he played the first half. Mm. I remember then running into the corner and uh, just pulling up and I I ruptured my my thigh muscle. Mm. And um, I had a big hole in my thigh where it snapped. So I was out for,
2: Jesus, that was pre-season. So I'd have been out
1: well into well into December Ipswich in the Littlewoods Cup Carling Cup League cup
2: mm.
1: and it went again I had a tiny bit that was hanging on and that snapped again so that put me out again so that season was like more of a write-off Henning came in I think or I think Henning and Ronnie came in and by that time then I was picking up injury after injury
2: yeah
1: managed to get a few games 99
2: which was Incredible, yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: was the best thing ever. We played the last seven games of the league, played in the FA Cup final, missed out on the European Cup, but again, that was just coming back from injuries. And, um, I don't know, don't know if it was cursed or whatever it was, but yeah, it was hard, it was tough being injured and watching us train, but managed to get at the end.
0: I mean, as yeah, well, we, we talk about that season, and you know, it's it's, no no other British team has done it. No. You know, no. I see the, um, the Arsenal page putting up a picture of Arsene Wenger who, give respect to Arsene Wenger, one of the, the greatest coaches ever in the Premier League but you know it's, it's I, don't know what it I don't know what it is with the admins on Twitter, you know, Arsene sitting beside all of the invincible managers and stuff and it's a row of empty seats and I think yeah. we with a Ferguson one. Sir just yeah. decided all of the treble winning managers. <laughs> yeah. I mean
1: oh, it was it was it was unreal. I mean for the mm-hmm. season. I mean the lads have done phenomenal. Some of the games you played, you know, sometimes things are written in the stars. Mm. You know, Liverpool getting beat 1-0 in the FA Cup, two late goals, um semi-final gigs is. Keeney gets sent off, Phil Neb gives a penalty away, mm. and then Giggsy does his you know, best goal ever in the FA Cup, yeah. um, home Homing away against Barca, home and away against um, Juventus, home and away against uh, Bayern Munich.
0: I think Roy in, in that game, the second leg, Juventus, uh, yeah. I, I still consider that one of the greatest performances from a player that I've ever seen. Well, considering the the fact that he was going to miss the final because he got booked,
1: yeah, uh, and also and also Scalzi great characters, yeah. You know when you talk about players who put the the bodies on the line,
2: mm.
0: that day then too was phenomenal. I mean Scull I mean, and Scullsy and Keane especially, the, like yeah. <laughs> the driving force in midfield. Yeah. The engine in the car, it's despair for the final. It just it couldn't have been a more perfect partnership as well with Kane in that holding position. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then um, Kane intercepting everything and then giving it to skulls. And we all know what skulls could do. Yeah, you know, I, I've I've told you skulls is my favourite player ever.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, I it, you don't, like you don't even that you of course watch watch clips of Paul Scoles. But all you need to do is look at some of the quotes from some of the most prolific European players about that speak about Paul Scholes. Yeah. You know, he, he was
1: unbelievable. <laughs> Phenomenal. Phenomenal. He was. And you know, a little lad from, from Salford, grew up in Langley, asthmatic, asthmatic, tiny as a kid as well. You know, it took him time to, to grow. Mm. Um, you know, you look at like Butty and Bex and and Nevs was all physically yeah. bigger than him. and he, t- he took his time coming through but well, wow
0: he came through, he came through. We, oh. we, we go back obviously as well to 95 96 and I think because Eric was serving his, his ban at yeah. that point and Scholes had just kind of come into the first team and had made a massive impact
1: Yeah, yeah Scholes was unbelievable unbelievable player yeah, you know you do things in training, and, and there's, you know, there's things on on, on YouTube. And there's two lads walking down the side of a pitch, two Spanish lads or two Italians, mm. and he's trying to do an interview in the middle of this pitch, and these two are shouting away. And he just turns around, and gets the ball, and just launches it like sixty yards and smacks somebody down the back of the head. <laughs> you know, just just mental things, but one thing I love about Scholes is is, 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 is you know there's no eyes and graces with him mm. he uh, he loves the pine, loves his gold just to sound like
2: he, to he is,
0: yeah I mean me when I met him it was I mean the first thing he said to me when I met him oh, I love your Tyson Fury impression that was brilliant yeah. you know I, I, I'm like a big you know me I'm like a big fucking idiot oh, you were my girl <laughs> growing up I, 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 you know <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, no, but Schultz is a great life, he is. Yeah. And um, you know, he was he was obviously an integral part of, of that travel as well. So, you know, he missed out on the, the final of the Champions League, but you know, he played in the in the midfield in the FA Cup, scored. Yeah. Um
0: just a sensational footballer, really is. I and mean, it was well um, that midfield. <laughs> Will you ever get a better midfield than that? I mean, you got Becks on the right, Skoll, Keane and then Giggsy on the left. I mean, the classic four-four-two formation at that time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you couldn't. I, I can't think of of anything that, that that is that is better than that.
1: No, I think what will come close to it would be Andre. But this is going back to night two, night three, night four. Andre, yeah, on the right. Andre, Ince, Keane, Giggsy.
2: Yeah.
1: But I think with Bex, you had a little bit, I mean, Andre was frighteningly quick. Yeah. Probably out of as much technical ability as, as uh, Bex. Yeah. And Ince more of a powerhouse, but then, you know, would you have Scolzi or would you have Giggs? Uh, would you have Well oh, No brainer, it? you'd have you all day. Scolzi all day. Yeah, because Scolzi, 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 is a nasty bastard as well. <laughs> he was he, he, he you know he, he kicked 10 balls of shit out so here in training yeah Um. so yeah you, you bang on that you know formidable formidable midfield really is and you got Butty in there as well he was a great player yeah he was a great player
0: but he was brilliant yeah you know whenever, whenever he was um, he was needed I And mean, we're talking about world class players that you played with like I mean, who was who impressed you the most in training, week in, week out? Like who would just you go, what you know, uh, like what the fuck?
1: How probably, probably Sculls. Was it Scholesy? Yeah, because there was nothing on him. It was just he's the most. You know, if you, my mate, um, John Blythe, never met Sculls. You in know, I had my golf day every <laughs> year for for um, for the Christie Cancer in Manchester, <laughs> and. Um, me and John decided to do this um, Christmas uh, this this golf day, tenth year this year, hopefully. And um, he'd never met Sculzer. Yeah, um, I introduced this uh, to John, helping me run yeah. the golf day. All right, mate, you okay? I had a bit of crack with him, and and that was it. And, and he went, hell, oh, there's nothing to him, is there? Yeah, there's there's like no airs and graces. He's just a." Uh, he said, you wouldn't think, looking at him, that he was the best midfielder in the Premier League. Yeah. And I, I, I know it's so strange because it's like, you know, how do you spot? What does a murderer look like? Or what does this look like? Well, mm. like, Scolzi just Scolzi, little ginger kid who was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. And, you know, John, John gets on well with Scolzi mm. now, but he still looks at him and thinks, fucking hell. That's mad that he's the best midfielder the Premier League's ever seen.
0: Yeah, he is. And listen, I know there's always going to be that that triple debate between Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard and Paul Scholes. But it's yeah. for me, it's Paul Scholes all day in terms yeah. of consistency. You know, I mean, listen, respect to Gerrard and respect to Frank Lampard. They were... They were incredible. They were the... Yeah. And Scholes, you know, the three of them, they were the quintessential goal-scoring midfielders. Week in, week out, they did put in a great performance. I, I Pip Lampard ahead of Gerard. I just thought he provided a bit more to the team when it came to assists.
1: Gerard was a great player. I mean, don't get me wrong, Gerrard is a top, top player. But Scolz was a, a top, top player in a top, top team. Jamie Frank, you know,
0: yeah, I think as well the argument that Gerrards didn't have the you know, he didn't he didn't have the solid players around him. Yeah, he, he he, yeah, he ran he ran the Liverpool team. But yeah, phenomenal
1: still still brilliant players. Brilliant players. But for me, if I had to pick a midfielder, it'd be Scaldi all day. And that's I'm not being biased there. I'm trying to take the red shirt off and just be as neutral as I can and I would still say Scaldi was Yeah. Was was the best, but it's Definitely. the
2: achievements. It's
0: it's the past. It's the image yeah. You know, I barely made a mistake. He barely made a mistake. But no. obviously, some I know his tackling. A lot of people would talk about his tackling. But you know, whenever like if skulls gave away the ball in the game, it would have been oh my god, yeah, the
2: biggest shot ever, yeah, yeah. And but, you know,
1: let's call him satna. Whenever, yeah, because you know wherever, wherever the ball would always get there, yeah, just just a just a top top player and you know a great lad as well, yeah, absolutely,
2: Um
0: but yeah, obviously you know you have won the treble, so A scores that famous goal. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that game as well. I was eight years old, and I remember watching. I remember been I remember balling crying. Yeah. Up until Teddy scored the equaliser, I was balling watching it. With my mother, my dad at the time was um, working construction worker and he was working in, um, in Galway and my brother, I think he was about 17 or 18 at the time, he was out in the piss. Yeah. Watching, watching but I'll never forget that. I'll, I'll never, even as a young kid, I'll never forget jumping up and screaming the house down when yeah. Second goal went
1: in. Phenomenal. Mate, I'm not saying you don't deserve to win the game, but, mm. you know, had it, been, had it been the other way around, we'd just won a double, because everyone for the trouble as well.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, we're 1-0 up, and then, you know, you've hit the bar, you've hit the post. Yeah. You, you've you've batted Bayern, and you're winning 1-0, and then 90, 90 minutes are up, you think in that seat you've won the European yeah. Cup, you've won the treble, and then bang, bang you think that is an injustice. But we had we had an unbelievable desire and it was a it was that that got us out of so many games that season. Yeah. Played yeah. goals. The FA Cup. Yeah. Just never gave up mate. Never gave up. And that was credit to all the lads and obviously the gaffer as well but The four, the four lads
0: that played up front I mean, you, couldn't, you can't think of for, like four better strikers at that time that you could just rotate. Yeah. And, and Yorkie and Cole, like that link-up was just...
1: Yeah, incredible. And and do you know what? They never worked on things. Oh, it was just... They, they were phenomenal. Obviously, Teddy and Ollie, they got all the glory because they scored the two goals in the, yeah. in the, um, in the final. But, you know, Cole and Yorkie rip. Rip Barca to bits Juventus in the semi as well um, yeah you wouldn't have liked to have faced them they were they were um, they were a different class of work
0: yeah I mean and as well that Juventus game as well you always look back at it and think like there's Zinedine Zidane playing in that that team like yeah just fresh off winning the World Cup with France the previous yeah. the most talked about player in the world probably and you
2: know mm. He yeah. was brilliant. He was brilliant. Ah, oh, phenomenal.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and that night, obviously, that that was a, <laughs> you, you've told me about that night, one of the best, best was the best night of your life one of the best nights? Uh, it's got to be up there, mate. Yeah. 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 The only
1: thing I was looking back, obviously, ITV over here, mm. I think the game finished, uh, I don't know, say quarter to 10, maybe quarter to 11, whatever it was. But they um, the showed the trophy and then that was it. It's all the other footage that you see after it, yeah. the lads celebrating that nobody else back in England would have seen. I mean, yeah. they'll have seen it on YouTube and stuff like that. But, you know, we did. We, we was another hour on the pitch celebrating. Just yeah. sat there and just chatting and, you know, soaking everything. I mean, United must have had 70% of that stadium that night.
2: Yeah.
1: Phenomenal. So we just... We just you know, we didn't get back to the hotel till half one and it was straight down to the basement in the hotel, in the Arts Hotel. <laughs> straight through. Straight through. Just straight on it and straight through. Straight through to the morning. <laughs> Me, Colin and Paul Stretford, we had champagne breakfast and then <laughs> the bus didn't say ten o'clock, nine o'clock, I don't know what time we are leaving. Um, I went back upstairs, got my bag and just off we go even Danastrek so it's straight through
0: I mean as well even but just about kind of from a fan's perspective as well my two uncles were, were at the game um the season ticket holders as well over in Old Trafford they were at that game and they were also I mean they they were at Italian 90 so England did so well in Italian 90 and Ireland I mean if you remember Ireland's it's, you know, campaign during Italian this whole country went down yeah, you know he'd been in one international tournament before that. We didn't know what it was. No, they always speak about you know the new Camp '99 and Italia '90 just being the best trips of their lives. Just
1: that was quality. Yeah,
0: incredible. Like, um, but yeah, obviously you know after that the treble, the, the treble has been secured, um and you know. Like that, unstoppable for the next couple of years. Yeah, in the next, the next two, the next two seasons, they, mm-hmm. they walk the league. And yeah, how like how was how was that for you? Because I know you kind of finished up a couple of years later. So after '99, we go
1: on tour. This is where Yorkie. Had, asked, went to see the Gafford and asked for a year out can mm. carry on celebrating. Now. Why on earth you'd go and speak to the manager and say, Gaffer, I'd like a year off just to fucking go go around the world and celebrate. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so we went to Australia, Melbourne, Sydney. Then we went to but, uh, Japan, I think it was, back mm-hmm. home.
2: And then probably about... September time, I snapped my Achilles, oh. and then
1: that put me out then for the season. Yeah. By that time, then uh, I think Rio would come in by then. Wes, Wes was coming through. Mm. So by that time, then I, I'll you know my I don't know I probably played six or seven games in the next two seasons. Yeah. Um, I was just crippled with injuries. Yeah. Uh, Double hernias, knee operations, um, plantar fascia, which is like the thing at the bottom of your foot, just just, just unbelievable with injuries,
2: yeah. and you know I, I was gutted. I was. Yeah. But, uh,
1: and then obviously you know the gaffer pulled us to one side and said, "Look, um, your contract's up at the end of the season. We're not going to be offering you one."
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I was that broke. I was. Yeah it'd been it'd been my life for the last eight eight and a half years, nine years, I think it was. Um but I knew I knew um I weren't playing I was playing the re- resis you know week in week out training with the resis, um and then the last game of the season was against Everton I think that's when his crucia
2: mm. uh
1: we went to the the living room on Deansgate mm. All the lads went there to celebrate because they had the upstairs there. Yeah. And um, I had an apartment at the back of, uh, like, a
2: Deansgate over Parsonage Gardens and uh,
1: had a drink with the lads, said goodbyes and everything like that. So I thought, well, I'll I'll take a bottle of champagne to keep as, like, a memento. Mm. So it was this bottle of Crewe champagne about 200 quid. And, uh, Come out, Dean. Come out of living room, like, and I'll press her there taking photographs, and I don't know. turn right, turn right again, and then I'm in passing gardens, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm sat in the gardens, so and my my apartment just looks above it, mm-hmm. and this there's this tramp on the uh, on a park bench. Mm-hmm. So as I'm walking through through the little square, like in the gardens, I get chatting to this tramp. Two two stories. Must be about half past half half twelve, one o'clock. Um Obviously, I've had, had, a, had a bit to drink. I get chatting to this tramp on on, the, on this park bench. Yeah, and he says, uh, "So what have you got there?" I said, oh,
2: bottle of champagne, you man." Fuck yeah! I said, "Come on, let's
1: have a bottle of champagne between us." So there's me, me and this tramp on a park bench drinking this bottle of fucking champagne. 200 pound bottle of champagne. <laughs> so I have three or four twigs of it and chatting away with him or whatever. I have no idea. He's he's still on the park bench with his bottle of crude champagne at the side of him. <laughs> um I then go to Mulligan's for the next 12 days. I go on a bender.
2: Yeah.
1: Because I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um he misses. She just had uh my daughter was only well, my lad was three. Mm. Willow was only four months, five months, something like that. Three, three, four months. And I, I didn't know what to do. I panicked. I, and yeah. this is this is um you know the other side of you know, all the airs and all 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 the yes, yeah. all the good stuff. There's a bad side to it all. Mm. And I just went on a bender for twelve days. Yeah. and spent twelve days in, in mulligans. Absolutely steaming. Yeah. Went out going back home or back to my apartment. And then Max at the time and Missy just says, uh, when are you coming home? I said, I'm not ready. I said, I don't know what to do. She said, Well, your kids are there. I went, I know. After the twelfth day I went home and uh so I, so I bowled my eyes out a bit really. That's all I'd ever known football. I mean at that time you You'd only been at two clubs. That's and it, yeah. Year. Yeah, I was thirty I think I was thirty-three. Yeah. And um you know, I, I, because I'd been playing the resis, I always start. you know, I'll get another club, I'll get another club. Mm. Anyway, obviously did what I did and you know, I, I'm not fucking I'm not happy about what I did. Yeah. But it was the way I, it was the only way I could cope with it. Mm. Um and she, you know, mimics is a great look. she was she was brilliant. Um we were booked to go away then for a month in Spain and um, my agent rang us and he just said um, do you want to do you want to play for Burnley Burnley wanted to sign and they were in the first division yeah I'm sure whatever it is um, so I said yeah and then it was just like I was happy again then there was a gym nearby so I just yeah. spent the whole month in the gym sort of thing getting fit
2: yeah
0: I mean regard obviously you know, your unbelievable achievements and, and career at, at Man United and then, you know, you signed for Burnley and obviously you were, you, you were 33 at the time and you were coming to that kind yeah. of stage in your in your career. You know, it's, it, I mean, I suppose it's, it's stimulation. I, I, I can't, I listen, I'm not a footballer, can't relate to it, but I've I, I've spoken to footballers about, you know, I, I spoke to a couple of footballers who have kind of said, you know, Jesus Christ, come to the end of their career and they make like, I can't, I don't know what to do without, you know, I need it. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's like, it's all they know. They've been doing it for such a long time. And in in, in a sense, they love it so much, you know, for how, no matter how many hundreds, thousands of games they've played in their, yeah. you know, it's, it's that sense of stimulation. It's like a drug to them, you know? It is. It's mm. like you doing, doing what you do now. And then
1: somebody says, right, well, you can't do that anymore. Yeah you mean I can't do it anymore? No, that's it. Tomorrow, well, you're going to have to think of another job. Yeah. You can't do your, your impersonations, you can't, um, you can't do any more gigs. That's sure you're done. And you're like, fucking on, what do I do now?
2: Yeah.
1: And that was it. Fucking, your legs are took from, from beneath you. But I had a year at Burnley. Um, I enjoyed it at Burnley. Apart from the the manager who's a bit of a knob, Stan Turner.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they had a bit of a fight sort of thing. Yeah. Because uh, we played... Uh, I played some like 20, 20 games on the bounce.
2: Mm. Then
1: I got sent off. First time I got sent off in my career. Down at MK Dons. That's on a pretty impressive
0: start. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, for, for a centre half... Yeah. you sent off the first time, you know. Yeah, I was gutted because
1: the first one was a tackle. It so didn't really think it was a tackle. Mm. And then um, I was a foul or a booking. And then the second one, it was, it was an an handball. And the ball fucking bounced and ricocheted against me. Mm. And the, I could see the referee just going to his pocket. I went, you're not going to book me for that. So my hands are at the side. No, deliberate handball. Uh, red card. So got suspended. Then one game banned. And we had a. Uh, the reserve game against Stoke away and as I said, played like the last 18-20 games. No,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so Stan Turner wanted me to play, and I said to Sam Ellis "I said Sam, just fucking run me. Don't want to play in the reserves. Have a week's rest, and then crack on again." Yeah. Oh no, no, the Catherine wants, wants you to play. So anyway, played a game. It's a shit game. Mm. Got beat two 0 and three of us: me, Paul Weller, and I called Dean West. We were sat on the bus. Gap comes on. Fucking as a go. Anyway, that was that. So the next day, we're training. We pulled uh, Dean West to one side. as a go at him. Dino comes back. Mm-hmm. Then he pulls Weller. Same thing. Then he pulls me.
0: you think that that, that um, Stan Turner at the time would have been thinking to himself, geez, this is, a, this is a really valuable asset I have you know, to teach some of the young lads you know mm-hmm. the, the guy who's who's been managed by arguably the greatest manager of all time. Yeah. jeez, oh, you know the advice, the you know the the, the lessons of experience that this guy can, can give to some of the young lads on in the team. Did, yeah. did, did he, Was that not his? That's what you were thinking, but the fact that
1: the young kids, you know, you, you try and take. As I said, going back to mid time and I was with Kevin, with yeah. Bruce.
2: Um, you try and teach them and then
1: I give them direction but when they don't listen to you and you're like fuck take your time keep the ball keep the ball boom 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 yeah. and it's just coming back coming back mm. and I'm like for fucks it lads just keep the fucking ball
2: Yeah,
1: keep the ball and let's get playing trying to be constructive half time Gaffer pulls us off anyway next day he says, uh, so he pulls me to one side, he says, uh, right, you've got two options. He says, you can go see the chairman, sort out severance, or you can just fuck off home and you can stay at home. You're not fucking doing performances like that. I said, gaffer, I'm not being funny. So we're getting battered all, all day. I said, and the fact that I'm putting in corners is so that we can actually try and get out. Yeah. will not have it. So anyway, the ball comes to me the next day, uh, next minute. And I just fucking launch this ball into the trees. Yeah. And the lads say, Maisie, calm down. I went, he's a fucking dick. He is a dick. We know, just calm down. Yeah. Ball comes between me and Paul Weller. Well, I just fucking two foot the lad. Get the ball, get Weller, fucking the whole thing. And then he starts, who the fucking you know, hell do you think you are? I said, I said, Gaffer got fucking great tackle. And Weller I went, Gaffer fucking great tackle. Yeah. I'm not fucking out. Who do you think you are? Fucking big time, Charlie. You come from Man United, you think you're this, you think you're that. you that. He said, go on, fuck off, and you're not going to ruin my club. So I went, so I fucking turned around. Ruin it? Me? You've done it yourself, you fat cunt. <laughs> fuck off. Well, that was it. Fucking red rag to a bull. <laughs> you what? I said, you've done it yourself, you fat cunt. You fuck off. And that's exactly how I fucking said it. Yeah do you want to fight? I went, go on then. So he comes fucking bowling over. He's only bad size as you. Five foot four, five foot five. I'm five foot eight. <laughs> he comes fucking bowling over and he fucking goes to stick the, the head on me. Fucking head, he butts my chest. Um, throws an aim a and I, I just push him away. And then Ronnie Jepson, the, uh, the, one of the coaches, comes in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gaffer, gaffer. Fucking whoa. Says, uh, Maisie, go on, fuck off him. Yeah. I in useless cunt. I was I was raging.
2: Yeah.
1: but I get in the car, um, driving home and then the lads are like, Mazer, you've got to sue him. You've got to sue Get rid of him. Get rid of him. The lad's hating him. So um I get home, oh, I ring I
2: ring strap. I said the gaffer's just fucking headbutting me. You are.
1: Gaffer's just headbutting me. So he then rings stand turning up. I said, "Mays pressing charges for assault." <laughs> I wasn't. Just to just give him a little scare, yeah. What do you mean? He went. Nobody fucking has my headbutts any of my players. Well, it was just one of those things that were going on. He went. No fucking headbutts, my my players. <laughs> so um, he's panicking then, and he's drinking straight every hour. What's happening, amazing What's happening, Maisie? He said, well, he's thinking about it, but he has to he has phoned the police. He doesn't know where he's going to press charges. And I was just sat at home like the missus, and she's fucking pissing herself laughing.
2: Yeah.
1: So, um, and a clock saw a shot. Um, straight rings, uh Stanton up, probably six o'clock. He said, right, he's dropping the charges, but he wants you to go around to the house to apologise to him. Right, okay, okay. So where I used to live, I used to have gates and I used to live up this country lane. You wouldn't even know my house was up there.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's absolutely pissing it down. Fucking bucketing down.
2: Yeah.
1: He gets out of his car, presses a buzzer on the gates, and I've got a little monitor on my gate, on me on the phone to let him in. He stood. All I can see is this fucking sheet rain coming down, absolutely fucking drenching
2: it.
1: Yeah. So I Steve said, My brother, um, he come up with us. Or he, he came up just in case anything happened. And he just said, uh, fuck him. leave him. Just let him stand there for another minute. And he's fucking buzzing on the gates. <laughs> and me and I, me and I see Steve pissing ourselves laughing. <laughs> Eventually he comes in and he's absolutely fucking drenched from fucking head to, head to top. <laughs> and I've, he, he says, "Amazing, I've, I've come up, spoke to Paul, I've come up to apologise. Um, there's my hand. So I shook his hand. Yeah. He said, uh, you know these things happen. I went. I said, "No, they don't." I said, "Players fighting, yeah. Players, coaches fighting, arguing." I said, "But not with the manager." I said, "You were fucking out of order." But well, mm-hmm. let me, and I apologized, and and that was they fucked off. They worked through. Yeah.
0: What I mean about that as well. I mean, you know, obviously a, a, a rare bad experience with with obviously a very unprofessional manager. But you know the. Oh, that was funny. The previous manager that you worked with, I don't know what his name is. Uh, <laughs> like, what, I've I've always been, fa- I mean, I think everybody's fascinated by him. What What was he like? What was he like to, uh, on a professional basis and kind of also on, I suppose, a, a, a friendly basis too, what, yeah. what like to work with?
2: Oh, oh he's the best, isn't it? He? he is.
1: To do what he's done, you know, he come down, he got rid of the drinking culture and um, promoted the youth. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he had a way of doing what he wanted to do and um, how Manchester United should have been run.
2: Mm. And
1: um, he got that going. And um, obviously the rest is history. But at the time, the time I were there, he was there, he was a different class. Yeah. He, he always, you say, doors always open. Mm. And he still, says that, he still says that today. You know, give us a bell if you need anything, need advice. Fantastic. But mm. well, his man management of, I mean, we touched on Eric earlier on. Um, Michael Carrick in particular as well. He, he... To, to have, so, to, oh, to have so, so many characters and egos in a dressing room, mm. to manage all of them, they're all different. Because everyone needs, everyone needs an arm around the shoulder. Everyone needs a bollocking. Everyone needs rubbing up the right way. He just knew how to do it, yeah. and he knew everybody at the club from the team tea lady to Kat at reception, who's been there. What well, has been there for over fifty years. Yeah, and uh, she's still there. And uh, to do what he what he achieved,
2: nobody'll ever get near it. No, phenomenal.
1: And and do you know what? He still has that. Well when we when we, we had the twenty twenty years last year, treble. Mm. Um came in, sat down, lads, like, Albert got in my chair, and he spoke for about ten, twelve minutes mm. about that year, what it was to what it was like to manage that team. Yeah. Um you know, you look at Gary Neville now, he's gone on to Punditry, yeah. he owns half of fucking Manchester, laughing. Mm. role model and do you know what you you could have heard a fucking pin drop in the dressing room Mm. because everyone was just staring at him Mm. and the way he spoke and how proud he was of that team yeah and that squad it it was it was something that I will never ever forget Mm. because it was like wow and he got a round of applause at the end of it and it was, it was it was so touching. I wish somebody had a videoed it to hear it because it was one of the best best feelings I had at United listening to him say that for like ten or fifteen minutes. It was incredible.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's a, I mean, he was a huge part of my life. I didn't know any like, you know, I didn't know any other manager up until twenty thirteen, other than yeah, That's, yeah, Alex Max, Ferguson. Max. And again, let's talk about me being a, a crybaby. That final game against Swansea and Old Trafford when he walked out. I just couldn't help it. Yeah. it just bawled my eyes. Yeah. Because it, it was like it was that realization. I'm sure
2: like
0: millions of other fans were, were the same as myself. It was just like <laughs> That's it? yeah. it's I feel like I've known this man my whole life. Do you know what I mean? And he's provided. The greatest memories in my
2: in yeah. my life, you know. Yeah, it's um. As I said,
1: nothing will ever come close to him.
2: Mm.
1: Nothing. No other manager in, in in British history will do twenty six and a half years.
2: Yeah.
1: And and do what he what he's done. He's a freak of nature, alongside Giggsy. Yeah. You know, you compare the two of them. Very very similar. Um. One well, Giggs is a one man club, yeah. When you look at Giggs and what he's, he's achieved, you know, Sir Alex, what he,
0: I mean, the, the gaffer must have built four teams, five teams. Mm. He did, I think it was 90, the 92 93 team. Now, there was a yeah. team before that now as well, but he, he kind of he got, as you said, he got rid of the drinking culture from, from the, um, the club. It was that 92, 93, 93, 94 and then the 95, 96, 96, 97 and then the treble winning team. Yeah. And a couple of, about four or five years rebuilding there and then out of nowhere he's he's got this young Portuguese player by the name of Cristiano Ronaldo. He signs Wayne Rooney for 30, 28 million pounds. Yeah, yeah. And brings in Tevez I, like that, that was obviously I was a teenager at that time, and that was my, my kind of fondest memories as a United fan. Like, just constantly watching week in, week out, you know, sp- spoiled rotten, <laughs> you could say. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely spoiled rotten.
2: Mm.
1: And when I look at Ollie now, yeah, look at people like yourself who've only ever known success, mm. but you understand football. But when you have some knobheads who go on and say, oh, get rid of Ollie and get rid of this and mm. do this and do that, you can't be doing with it. Do you know what? Sometimes you have to rebuild. And that's what Ollie's doing. Yeah. And Ollie's doing an unbelievable job at it now. You know, you can After, get another middle Sancho, yeah. attack it in Sancho or you know, Grealish, something like that.
2: Mm.
1: We are going to be
0: a force to reckon with next year. If, I mean, if those two players are signed, and Pogba stays. And I'll listen, I'll admit, I've been fairly, you know, I've been fairly critical of, of Pogba. Not, not, not on the pitch. Ability-wise, I, I think he's the best. In terms yeah. of ability, he's the best midfielder in the world. Like, no yeah. one touches him. The, the stuff he can do with a football. I, I think the agent has been a, a bit of an issue. But Pogba, the man himself, and you've, you've said this to me before, he, he came on the podcast, and he's just nothing but a Respect, respectable lad. He was just really nice, really well-spoken, humble. Yeah. Yeah. I do admit,
1: you know, he's... Sometimes you want Paul to come out and say something mm. to defend what what he thinks he should, you know, what we all think. Yeah. want to say something. And I asked him in, in the podcast and he actually says, the thing is, if I say it, then they'll want more. And they'll change it. Mm. So, I, so I, to say nothing is more. Mm. So, I, so I don't say it, which is frustrating for the fans because you,
0: you know, me myself want to yeah. know. We did. Do, we don't. It's not a sense of there's not kind of anger. We don't. We don't. Want, we don't want answers or anything like that. It's just kind of a sense of 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 clarity. That's that's what well, we want. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. If, 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 if it all, if all goes well, I mean, we're, we're back on the 17th of June, or the 18th of June, I believe, I, we're back yeah, in yeah. Spurs. Um, you know, get the season out, get that top four sealed, please. you know, touch wood. As you said, if we bring in the likes of Sancho and Grealish, you know, Bruno, Bruno was a part of that puzzle, and a huge part of that puzzle. And keep keep Paul there and bring in a player like Grealish and then like the prospect of <laughs> Rashford on the left, Marshall through the middle and Sancho on the right. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not being biased, I'm not being overconfident but I'm thinking five years yeah. time what like that could be Phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Phenomenal. Sancho, Al Sancho, 20, something like that. 20. Rashford, 21. 22, Marshall the same. They're not even just some babies. And then you have young Mason Greenwood.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. that oh, it's frightening, mate. He's he's one of the most exciting players I've seen come true. Yeah. In a long time. Yeah.
1: And yeah. that and that and that's the beauty of it, mate. When you look at it and you think, do you know what? Over the next four or five years, we yeah. are in we're in we're in good shape. Yeah. And that's you know.
0: it. It's it's patience. I think you need you need time to rebuild. Um, and this is the problem with football today. There's no patience whatsoever. No. And it's and it's due to clubs like, you know, dare I say Chelsea, like that, money. PSG, money. Yeah. Um the folks across the across the way, money.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, there's no now now. Pep has come into Man City and he's kind of created a... You know, he's, he's kind of created something there. He's brought in scouts and everything like that. He's created... Mm-hmm. But th- that is an issue in football. It's just like, straight away, click of the finger, new owners coming in. Money. I think it's not though, There's fucking no money out there. No money out there. And we have benefited from that, apparently. that We've supposedly benefited from... The coronavirus in terms of you know the the revenue and all that you know it's
1: oh well so that's a good thing is it we'll, we'll keep churning it because mm. we, we're globally the biggest club in the world
2: yeah
1: um and it, it you know if it's oh, 150 million 160 million mm. we spend this this calendar window i don't know how that's going to work i've no idea you know when the window opens when it when it closes but if you can get those two players in. Perfect.
0: And Igalo. Igalo, I was delighted with the Igalo news. Yeah. Because I thought bringing in a striker would have been useless. Bringing, bringing in a, a Dembele from France, great player. And I heard the rumours of Harry Kane as well. I mean, you, you do that again, and it's the same with like bringing Lukaku in. Lukaku was brilliant in his first season, by the way. But it's like bringing him in and bringing Ibrahimovic in. It hinders yeah. Arsenal's progress. Completely. Mm-hmm. And he is starting to flourish in that number nine position. Yeah. we saw it towards the last yeah. games in March. You
1: yeah. Know? And that, I think I think what Ali has done as well is targeted players that are hungry who want to play for the club. You know, last few weeks, Demarie has been piping up or his wife's been piping up that, you know, he didn't like it. The only one thing he came for was just some money. And that was it.
0: And you're like, you try to sign him to to create. <laughs> <laughs> People give me shit, but if I bring in Martial and Rashford.
1: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> but do you know what? I'll, I'm excited. I'm for once. I'm excited to like actually waiting for the season to start again. All this, you know, the like, say, the eighteenth and eighteenth of June. I'm actually excited yeah. to get well and for next season. Yeah, Liverpool going to win the league, but it's going to be the biggest flop ever of a club for good to go thirty years. I oh, know. Yeah, you know, yeah. can't celebrate. Mm. You know, they're going to celebrate in, in front of an empty stand. Mm. I know. Klopp already said, "Oh, don't worry, we'll we'll do this and we'll do that." Yeah. But it's that moment of winning the league that you always cherish.
0: But as well as with the the case, and you know, in being exiled, I mean, we could be looking if 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 you know the the put the pieces of the, the jigsaw kind of you know they all come together, and we bring in the likes of Sancho and Grealish. You know, you could be looking at the prospect of a Man United Liverpool title rivalry. Yeah. Along, yeah. With Man City, along with Man City I don't know what the story is at Man City with the whole thing in Europe I don't know what is going to yeah. happen there but um, I mean that that would be tasty to see that in, 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 the, in the coming years Man United yeah. against Liverpool absolutely yeah. absolutely because it's only that. properly competed against them in 2008 and 2009 really that was it yeah I think 96 97 as well
1: mm-hmm they've always been in our shadow for the last 30
0: years
1: (laughs) yeah they have and uh,
0: as well just before before we wrap up as well I mean as a centre-half yourself what what do you make of Harry Maguire this season? I think he's been brilliant yeah so do I
1: I think him and Victor have got a real understanding together Mm. people had a go at me for, for backing Victor Bio said, "Pixel is, is a is a top defender. He can come I mean, out with a ball. He can make a pass. Hmm. Um, you know, behind that, then you've got Eric, who's for me. I'd love to see him play play alongside Harry for a while to get his experience and to get. I think I think he's just lacking that little bit of experience. But
0: he is. But I mean." Just judging from that one game against Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the best game I've seen him play. It
0: was his, but, it was his best game in the United shirt.
1: Yeah. But then you look at other things, other games when he's played, you know, and he's fucking two-footed a lad in the chest and you're thinking, yeah. what the fucking hell are you doing? And Rash's challenge is that uh, if he knocks out of his game, then he, he could be a superstar.
0: He could. Yeah. He's, like, so strong and yeah. You know, he wins everything in the air. He's incredible pace on him. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if he kind of develops that, you know, that skill in reading the game, and mm-hmm. not being so rash and being a little more calm on the ball as well. Yeah. You've got a proper centre-half there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. People totally. didn't see the potential, you know. You know, he only played, I think,
1: when he joined, when he came to United, he'd only played maybe 40, 50 games. Mm. In his whole career, yeah, which is credit to himself to get to United. But when you when you look at the bigger picture, then you think, well, he is naive because he's only young and he's only played 50-60 games. Mm. But I think take that out of his game, then then he's going to be a top centre half. Yeah, so, Barry McGuire has been outstanding. He has, and I'm so glad that he's got the captaincy. Yeah, he deserves it. He's a leader. Great um, lad. And he's a he's a, yeah, he's a nice lad. And um, you know, as you say, he's is is a he's powerful going both ways. Yeah. Look Maisie. Um Don't fuck for that. Fucking Aaron and three quarters,
0: you come. You were the longest guest. <laughs> Fucking <you, huh? laughs> Yeah, we are, is you know, we we've had great fun together. Yeah we um, yeah. have. We're going to talk about that night, Paddy Creran's 80th birthday. <laughs> the well, I'm, actually, I'm actually sat at the table, kitchen table. You were sat exactly where I am,
1: and I've never seen a man so pissed leave this table. We were singing uh,
0: Ironic by Alanis Morissette, as far as I remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you actually, uh, you missed the flight the next day, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you bounced all the way down the driveway into a taxi and I thought he ain't fucking getting up tomorrow and uh, <laughs> and right that's what he did but yeah that was,
0: you, uh, was about a week or two before the birth of my daughter as well
1: <laughs> opened on the fucking best whiskey for you there as well you bastard
0: <laughs> it was a great whiskey
1: yeah yeah
0: look yeah. at them. you're a legend always oh, great right. to speak to you mate hopefully when this is all over we'll be we'll be in hotel football or wherever in Manchester before a game or after a game having a couple of points having the banter
1: absolutely Paul it's been a pleasure
0: legend cheers mate
1: take care bud
0: thanks bud